0: nostalgic
1: movie review from nerdy married men oh hello everybody hello and good afternoon or morning or evening or whenever, or whenever. you're watching this
0: or listening to this <laughs> you might not want to see my ugly face that's fine i get it it's it just making a little sad. but <laughs> this is new and nostalgic movie reviews from nerdy married men we are both nerdy and married yes we are
1: i'm steve mcgee <laughs> <laughs> i'm david olivier Any- welcome
0: Each week, we, like we always talk about, uh, we review a movie, and we tell you what movie we're going to review so you guys can watch along with us, and then we go and tell you all the things we like about it. We talk about the cast, we talk about the uh, Rotten Tomato score, audience and critic, uh, some fun facts, some highlights, some downfalls, and we give our scores, and then a spoiler and ending review.
1: Yeah, and uh, obviously today, uh, we are talking about Thor, Love and Thunder.
0: Yes, which was initially... David's a good pick movie
1: (laughs) as you'll learn (laughs) that has shifted a little
0: yes (laughs) so this is a movie we were really excited about obviously it's a new movie it's not as new when this podcast actually comes out for you guys but it's still probably only like a month and a half or two months out
1: yeah uh would you like to read the plot synopsis
0: sure Thor enlists the help of valkyrie horde and his ex-girlfriend jane foster to fight gore the god pusher who intends to make all the gods extinct really a short synopsis there it's pretty accurate yeah pretty
1: accurate to the movie um it's not a bad movie it's also not an amazing movie um, the cast in it, we got, uh, of course, Chris Hemsworth returning. Uh, got Natalie Portman. Whoop uh, whoop. so good to see her back on screen. Oh, yeah. Looks like she really enjoyed this role. Uh, we got Christian Bale, the the man, the myth, the legend. He yes. is just phenomenal mm-hmm. as gore. We'll go back into that. Yes. Uh, we got Tessa Thompson returning, and then Taika Waititi uh, as Korg. And then huh. fun fan pick. I don't know. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Fun is a word. Ah, uh, Russell Crowe as Zeus, this and it is uh, awful. Yeah, uh,
0: I am not going to sugarcoat this at all. Russell Crowe should not be in the MCU. And Russell Crowe, as an actor, in recent years has downfalled hard. I hated him in Les, Mis. I hate him in this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he uh, he looks like he was having fun with the role, and. Originally, from the trailers, I was I was okay with Zeus, and they they made a mockery it. They, they made a joke about it, and yeah. it just it's it doesn't go over well. No, this is a of course twenty twenty two movie just came out PG thirteen. It clocks in at just under two hours, hour fifty eight minutes.
0: For this movie, it's got a Rotten Tomato score of sixty six percent, which I think is the second or third lowest Marvel rated movie.
1: It's pretty down there for the Marvel movies.
0: And then a 70, 78% audience score, which I don't know how I'll, the average audience score is that high. Besides the Taiki Watiti lovers.
1: Yeah, and probably a mix of, you know, Chris Hemsworth. And I mean, uh, this movie definitely has divided audiences. You know, yes. some people actually, you know, really love it, some people really hate it. I'm kind of. I'm in the middle. I'm a little bit. I I, li- I think I liked it more than I hated it. I th- I probably liked it more than steven
0: liked it. There's um one of the things. That, sorry, I don't mean to. No, no, you're good. Here, you're good. One of the things that I've kind of noticed is Phase Four has been severely divisive with every one of the movies. It has. Like it's the same thing with Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Um, even No Way Home had a lot of divisiveness towards it. Like not as much. Obviously, that one still looked at as one of the greatest. But like. All of these phase four things have been really divisive like uh, Hawkeye series there's uh, like all of these things have just been like
1: there's not really one phase four project TV show or movie um that is decided upon fans that as either all liking it or all disliking it yeah. it's, it's very divisive phase and it kind of shows in the uh, the way the showrunners do it. Um, it almost seems like Marvel, Studios is not really sure where they're wanting to go with Phase Four, and we all know like the gist. Phase Four is working towards the Secret Wars, and they're bringing you know the Conqueror into it, and yeah. they're eventually going to reveal their Thanos level threat. But as of right now, it is just kind of all over the place, and they're exploring my, various ideas of the multiverse.
0: I think because I even saw a thing with Kevin Feige talking about how this phase has been really divisive, and he says there's going to be projects that like really work well and mesh with each other and have a lot of coherency between the two. And then there's gotta be ones that are gonna be standalone, like Moon Knight, like and stuff is right now. Um so a lot of these things are gonna have some interweaving and some of them aren't. And I think a lot of a lot of the things that is is I think the fans are really drastically making these worse than they are because they're expecting them to be all Thanos level infinity saga films well then like if you look back at phase one and phase two there was some shit movies in those phases too
1: yeah and it got to give marvel credit they they are working hard and some of these movies do feel by the numbers for some people but honestly as i mean i'm kind of a Marvel super fan over here but uh so i have a little bi- bias but oh, yeah. i i do think it has potential and there are parts in every project that phase four has produced has some really good moments. Knight, I don't think there is one that has
0: like, no good moments. Moon Knight for me is one of the best. um wandavision is up there. And I, I, I
1: when it on the movie side of things, I loved Shang Chi. Oh,
0: Shang-Chi's great, amazing film. Amazing. It,
1: I feel like that one kind of brought me back to the feeling that some of the Phase One films had, like Iron Man captain america and i mean i know that's kind of putting it up on a pedestal a little but i i think that shang chi was a genuinely i think you're right to do film. so
0: like one of the things that marvel's really docked for and a lot of movies is how much their action scenes are cut and edited to shit and if you watch a lot of like foreign action movies a lot especially a lot of movies like the raid and the raid 2 yep. and stuff like that you see these action scenes in nice movies, or, any, or any uh jackie chan movie even Mm -hmm. where these action scenes they're actually hitting they're actually fighting it's actually choreographed it's not a cut between each punch like there shouldn't be 10 cuts as i swing my arm like i know that arm didn't make contact you didn't show contact like (laughs) show me something you have all this cg work that is some of the best cg work we've ever seen and you can't even make a fight like and that's what Song chi did that i think is the big highlight of what that movie is the way it is is the fight scenes in the movie were extremely well choreographed. Like that bust fight scene is one of the best fight scenes in all of Marvel, in it, all of Marvel. Like, ever.
1: yeah, it, it's <laughs> like, a phenomenal fight scene. And I'm getting back into Thor with fight scenes, like kind of bouncing into the uh, the highlights. Yeah, this movie does have decent fight scenes. They're they're not amazing, but they're not bad. They're, um, but uh, I guess I'm kind of uh fast forwarding a little.
0: I I will say like for highlights for me the camera work and the aesthetics in this movie are fantastic oh yeah There's the
1: cinematography is great
0: fucking, uh, the 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 fight they have we'll go a little bit more into it in the spoilers but they fight. they have on the dark planet on the moon there on the moon mm-hmm. where everything's black and white but when they're doing stuff it's shining colors it is it is
1: gorgeous visually
0: beautiful what? just the f- very like, nice like that is one of the best scenes i've seen in phase four
1: and we will we will definitely i have kind of a an idea about that once we get in the spoiler talk we'll talk about that yeah. but i think that is a great scene
0: um there is a lot of things like when they were showing uh where all the gods were and they were showing all the different gods there's a part of me because i'm a big uh fan of the game smite Battleground of, of the gods, where it has all these gods from all these different pantheons. So I was like, Oh, let's go on Oh, that's that person. Oh, that's that person. And I was like, oh my god. Like they they made so many iconic characters and they made them look so well that I recognized a lot of them just in the backgrounds. Oh yeah. And it it's was really, really cool. cool. Um so there are some good highlights for this movie. There is some things like the title of this movie being what it is, and the, we'll get into that in the spoilers. Is annoying to me
1: yeah the movie definitely had a, a few downfalls definitely some of the uh, too much comedy a lot of the comedy fell flat um
0: i do not like taiko atiti's comedy very much his comedic style like i i one of the people that i didn't like ragnarok as lot much as a lot of people but i'm also a planet <laughs> hulk lover who was really pissed that they tried to shoehorn that into a thor movie <laughs> and didn't even bring beta a bill in they had a
1: statue of him <laughs> they did uh but yeah the, hit, the comedy is definitely a hit or miss. So they, they took the comedy from Thor Ragnarok, which I actually really liked, but they decided to dial it up to 11 and they just put way too much comedy into it. And uh, a lot of that, a lot of the jokes fall so flat and a lot of the jokes are reused way too many way times. Too much, yeah. Like, they, they play a joke, and I guess they thought that joke was funny, so they were going to say it 8, 10, 20 more times. Well,
0: and I will say one thing that I absolutely hated about this movie is they just had Thor go through such a character arc in the last three movies and in the Infinity Saga to have him return to even dumber than Thor 1. Yeah,
1: he uh, his char- he unlearns all of his lessons. He becomes just a dumb jock. That, you know, in in the first Thor, in the beginning, he was a gung-ho fighter that didn't care about his surroundings. He just wanted to win the battle, and he didn't care how much destruction he caused. And they really showboated that here. His character is just, they dumbed him down, and he does not care about anything else around him. He just cares about himself
0: looking cool. And it's bad. Like, I could not stand Thor in this entire movie. And this is a Thor film that i didn't care about the main character i i honestly couldn't care less about thor right now and him chris hemsworth talking about being he wants to be in more movies than hugh jackman as wolverine and i'm like no i do not want to see you in nine to 10 different films especially if you're gonna keep going down this path like if you're gonna make him this dumb uneducated thor who didn't learn anything from all the lessons he learned watching his brother watching his friends watching his entire mythos get destroyed see, having I, ragnarok happen like having all this stuff happen and you're still gonna be this piece of shit and even worse than the first time we saw him
1: see and i i agree both agree and disagree with that statement because i I do want to see Chris Hemsworth as Thor return many more times because I love Thor as a character, and I think Chris Hemsworth does a really good job. He enjoys the role. I do think his character needs to be done justice in the next iterations, though. He, well, and- he gets dumbed down, like you said, but the when he returns, I just I want to see Thor rise up again because he is a great yeah, character, and Chris Hemsworth is phenomenal. I can't speak highly enough.
0: Yeah, and uh, let me reiterate this. I wasn't saying that I don't think Chris Hemsworth is good as Thor. I think this rendition of Thor was god-awful, and I do not want to see this Thor come back. Oh, absolutely. But if we go back to Infinity War Saga Thor, I'm all for it.
1: Fantastic. Like, he, like, he shows his experience what he's learned he's, he's he is
0: perfectly cast as thor yeah and natalie portman i loved her in this movie too
1: she actually has something to do in this movie yes as opposed to the first two movies where she's kind of there and kind of helping out this one she actually had much more to do and uh she actually does you know lady thor or i guess in this it's mighty thor yeah uh, she does it justice. She does a good job. Um, the the story itself does not do Mighty Thor justice, yes. but she does a good job, and I think it looks like she is just she's giving it her all and she looks happy Fantastic. to be back in the yeah. role. It's and great.
0: It was it was really awesome, really pleasant surprise, like getting all of that. I think Christian Bale kills it as Gore the God Butcher. There's a couple of scenes we'll so have to talk about in the spoilers that I didn't like gore but there's a lot of gore in this movie it that i loved it was deep it was dark it was beautiful it was, it was what it needed to be
1: i'd say every scene with gore minus a couple probably the same ones probably uh, but christian bale kills it i i love you know gore the god butcher as a character is really cool and honestly i feel like the movie just does not have enough of him i feel like they, yes. they it feels like they cut scenes of gore out it just it's not enough christian bale i feel like they could have done so much more to make the character hit harder and just be more enjoyable
0: well and one of the things which this is kind of spoiler territory ish but not really it doesn't show him killing many gods
1: no every every god that gore kills is done off screen. You only see him physically kill, I think one, one God in the movie. Other than that, the other gods he killed are either not seen or their corpses are seen. Yeah. Kind of just starting to evaporate into dust. Yes. So it's, you know, for being the God butcher, you don't really see a lot of butchering
0: in this. movie. Yeah. Yeah. That was my biggest downfall with the movie. Honestly, I just wanted to see more of that because you have this character who has this weapon that's so powerful it can kill gods and it's terrifying all these gods but you're not showing it and you're only showing it creating creatures and not actually showing it being wielded and used
1: exactly so for more like some more of the highlights of character casting i love the scenes we get to see the guardians of the galaxy in the movie it was marketed as being a buddy, As Guardians Rob, of the Galaxy you know, movie. Exactly, but uh, like a lot of people probably guessed, the Guardians are only in it for less than 10 minutes. They and... make an excuse for them to separate, and the Guardians disappear forever. But the scenes they are in, the scenes might not be the greatest, but the Guardians are awesome. It's good yeah. to see them on screen again. It makes me really excited for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yes, I just wish there was more of them. Even though this is a Thor movie, it would have been nice to see them have some dynamic uh, but I
0: think Peter Quill definitely the biggest standout of the Guardians in this. Like, I think he's getting yep. to that character arc where he is been changed by what happened in Infinity Saga, especially losing Gamora, and you can see that. Yeah. You can see the way he's treating the Guardians as a family now, and it's more like the adaptation of the game version of Star Lord now, where he sees them as a family. And I'm like, I'm really excited for the next Guardians of the Galaxy because of that. They're really showcasing that bond between the guardians together.
1: Exactly. A lot. That that movie cannot come soon enough. But <laughs> other than that, there really aren't many more good things about the movie. Like the action, some of the action looks cool. I love a lot of the stuff uh that Mighty Thor does with Mjolnir. It's it's kind of cool. We've never seen a broken Mjolnir reforge itself. That
0: was some and cool scene. There's
1: some cool stuff, Nat, you know, Natalie just whips it and all the different shards go flying and then return to it and then there's one scene specifically where she raises mjolnir up in this up whip motion and whips it down and all the shards separate into like this lightning whip
0: yeah
1: and it 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 just it's so cool it reminds me of like yeah chain sword or maybe like the cane whip from bloodborne or something just it's it's really exciting but other than that there's not much great maybe we should uh
0: um i do like and a lot of people this is a really big device decisive uh divisive thing in all of marvel movies i do like the lgbt reg- uh, representation in this um both having tessa thompson's valkyrie be uh lesbian and having Korg be gay I-, I i guess he's well they're not human so i don't know if they're really gay but like two men the,
1: the cronin species yeah the cronin species is are known as being it's it's two male cronins i guess yes it, it actually doesn't seem like there are female, female yeah cronins but it's it's really cool and they kind of have a little fun uh, thing at the end i don't know if we want to talk about this now or not but the spoilers as far as uh, korg
0: we we can a little bit later but uh one of the things that I loved, there was a little interview where they were talking to Taika Waititi and Natalie Portman, and they're like, so um, with a lot of the, like, some of the cast and stuff being gay, and, like, you solely supporting the gay cast, like, how gay is this movie? And Natalie Portman's like, should I tell them? And Taika Waititi's like, yeah. And she's like, it's super gay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a really funny thing, like, Taika Waititi really put this out there as, this is a really gay movie and there is a lot of representation in this movie that I thought did really well. It wasn't as shoehorned as some of the other scenes in some of the other Marvel movies was and it felt natural. Like it, it made it, it feel like
1: part of the universe where it's not just a we're putting it in there to appease, mark the checkbox yeah. to appease the fans. It, it seems like the representation in this movie is actually part of the universe.
0: Yeah, like they just talk about it so nonchalantly in this with some of the characters, like some of the talks between like Korg and Valkyrie and stuff about like her ex-partner and stuff that died and stuff like that is really just like really good work there.
1: I actually, yeah, that scene was really,
0: Um, so I guess uh, we want to go into our ratings and then go into the spoilers.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Um, So I'm actually giving this a 64%. (laughs) That's, You could tell it's not much higher than I am number four for me. I think this movie has some good things and has a lot of good things going for it, but the downfalls of this movie are bad. They are so bad, I cannot move past it. This probably won't be a movie that I buy. This probably won't be a movie that I watch very often if I do rewatch this. I watch a lot of the Marvel movies over and over again, but this isn't going to be one of them that I do.
1: Yeah, I'd probably give it a probably a similar score between 65 and 69 i don't i wouldn't put it out of 70 i wouldn't give it a c grade it's 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 in the d category for me yeah um it has you know it does have a lot of great moments and you know i'd, I'd re-watch the movie and i look forward to kind of picking it apart more when I watch it but it's and dissecting it but i feel like it does have a lot more strengths than people realize a lot of people are focusing on the negatives and i mean though there are negatives by opinion there, i i do think it's better than some people think
0: um i definitely like it. as far as the other thor movies I, hi- I put this higher than thor 2 the first thor and thor ragnarok are better than this
1: oh definitely i feel like this thor actually uh does an injustice to Thor one, yeah, because uh, the the first Thor, you know, a lot of people complain about like the Dutch angles and some of the directing, and I for one, I I think the first Thor is really good, um, especially compared to this one. Oh, it's yeah. just it's a it's a wonderful story, and I feel feel like people don't give that one
0: enough credit. I, I agree with that. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and go into the spoilers and stuff.
1: All right, spoiler talk. Uh, so. <sighs> Where do we start with this? Well, let's just start at the beginning. So with Thor and hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy, we talked about how we didn't like his character arc and how he just kind of dumbed down. And it really shows in his first scene, he is helping the Guardians to save this planet. And they have the setup buildings that are made out of crystal that are their, it's you know, like their icons. Church, is there it's like
0: church their altar where they do all their worship and exactly. to their gods or whatever and
1: the enemies are taking control of that area and they're trying to help the planet so thor's like i'm gonna take out all the enemies and he does but in the process he just has no regard for the buildings destroys them all completely
0: yeah it's a mess and this is one of the things that lore wise for thor i I hated this next part. So the leader of that group is just trying to get Thor to leave. Like you cause enough destruction. Just leave. Get rid of these goats that I don't want anymore. They're, these goats are nothing that I don't care about them. They're annoying. You they're take given them to them
1: as gifts, but it's like a backhanded gift.
0: Yeah. And the thing that sucks is those goats are actually in Thor's lore.
1: Oh, in the comics, they're actually used for many things in Thor's comic book adventures and like transportation and they they have a bigger part and in this they're reduced to a joke. They
0: can actually fly by themselves. They don't need Stormbreaker to cause them to fly with them. Mm -hmm. They um, also, they, when they die, they just reappear. So he uses them as food a lot. And I thought with as much comedies there was going to be in this, I thought at one point he was going to have to eat one of the goats and he was going (laughs) to cook one and eat one. And then it would, uh, it, it just appears back next to him afterwards and i hated that they did the screaming goat thing that has been popular since 2012
1: yeah they uh they brought the they made the goats screaming goats and every time they are on screen they're doing the screaming goat thing and like fun fact about that uh, Taika actually included the screaming goats because he saw the video he discovered the screaming goat meat, and he'd never seen it before and he saw like you know like the oh, taylor swift God. ones the the when Taylor Swift's song Trouble. Trouble
0: yeah.
1: uh, he discovered those. He thought it was so funny that he decided to put it in the movie. And it
0: It's fal- a ten year old
1: meme. It it would have been funny once or twice. Ten years ago. But <laughs> after the eighth time uh, it, it's, it's so rough. annoying. It's, it's
0: it's bad.
1: The screaming goats is probably the worst part of the movie, and a lot yeah. of people probably agree.
0: Um one of the other fun facts I was gonna talk about earlier. All of the. Most of the kids in this movie are kids of the actors and directors themselves. That's right. So Mm -hmm. all of uh, Chris Hemsworth's kids, Natalie Portman's kids, Christian Bale's kids. And Taika Waititi's kids are all in this movie.
1: Yep, and actually there was an interview with Taika Waititi that he made a joke about it being like, you know, it's, hey, it's free labor. Like, <laughs> right. It's pretty funny, but I, th- I thought it was really neat that they kind of brought the family dynamic into it. Yeah. And just uh, Each kid kind of got a time to shine. It was really fun. And
0: uh, Chris Hemsworth is actually the one who first brought that up to Taika Waititi. He said he wanted to share some screen time with his daughter, India. Oh, yeah. Um, And he was like, well, we kind of wanted to throw a bunch of kids into this movie. And I think the kids... Section of this movie was another downfall. Of this movie,
1: yeah. Gore the God
0: Butcher would not kidnap kids, he would just go kill the gods. Yeah, and that scene where Gore the God Butcher is talking to the kids and trying to scare them is the worst God the Gore the God Butcher scene in the entire movie. Hi, I'm scaring you, aren't I? I'm gonna <laughs> kill Thor when he comes to try to save you. <laughs>
1: Definitely reminds me of like those kids cartoons where the villain is like just taunting the
0: kids. It's, and it's so it's bad. bad. It's it's the worst god butchery scene in this movie.
1: The the other god butcher scene that I thought was a little weak. It's also one of the strongest scenes. The the opening scene in the movie with Gore the God Butcher. Ph- I phenomenal. love that. Great scene. Yeah. The part that falls flat for me is when he meets his sun god. One, the sun god kind of feels out of place. Just it's yeah. it's weird, but that scene is just so it's made to I, I mean of course it's made to move the plot along but it's just it's so bizarre yeah. it, it, the god just doesn't feel right and gore kind of you know he goes from this begging his god for help he's you know doing this and then he instantly does a 180 turn of i'm going to kill all the gods and a lot of people are like well it's the sword corrupting him and yeah. and i feel like that's part of it but the other part of it is gore is that character. He is wanting it out for the gods because well, he's been betrayed. And yeah, I feel like they're showing it more as the sword is doing seemed it. seemed
0: like in the comics that it was more because of the betrayal of the gods that Gore feels this way and not just because of the sword. The yeah. sword gives him the power to be able to go with his ambitions of killing all the gods. Mm-hmm. But it's not the sword necessarily that's like, kill gods. <laughs> kill gods. No, Gore wants to because of how much he has devote his entire life to them and then just been shit on by them yep and gore in the comics does not have a daughter which i did not know that um this character which i guess we'll spoil it right now love is
1: yeah love is one of the entities in the comics but they they make it so that you know gore's daughter dies and then becomes reborn and is love the which embodiment
0: is of india love. hemsworth yes thor's daughter
1: so it's it's interesting which is <laughs> a brand
0: new marvel character she was never been a character before um love was never actually in anything before this is a brand new marvel character
1: well i know in some of the uh, comic lore that love the, the embodiment of love that character is in some of the comic lore uh Under under like the tier under eternity because eternity is one of the high up powers in the movie and I know love is beneath eternity in the comics it's 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 a little bit different it's Um, it's it's lesser known. I don't know anything
0: about this, but from what I've heard, this especially her being Gore the God Butcher's daughter, that's reincarnated by uh, eternity and is being raised up by Thor. That's an entire original idea.
1: This version of love yeah. is very different than what the comics...
0: Because it would have been more like a being like Eternity in the comics, not a little girl that's going to raise up and being able to use Stormbreaker. And which I... And Mjolnir. uh Yeah, I'm like, what is happening? Here? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> I, interesting. I, I hated the dynamic of Thor talking to his weapons.
1: Oh, yeah, they so... Uh, there's this one joke where Thor is reaching out trying to get Mjolnir back from Jane, and he's like, come here, come here, and Stormbreaker kind of slides out of the side there and turns towards him and gets in his hand, he's like, oh, I was calling you, it's really funny. Yeah. That first time, It actually, I thought it was very funny. I giggled, but,
0: but to the same extent, like, like, it was funny because it was shocking. But it doesn't make any sense. They have never shown these weapons to have any sentence sentience at all.
1: Well, and they, they actually made it a subplot where there is a literal love triangle between Thor, Mjolnir, and Stormbreaker. And Stormbreaker is jealous that Thor still has feelings for Mjolnir. It yeah. is really weird. And that one of the downfall scenes for me is later in the movie thor is trying to make it up to stormbreaker and make him feel better so he literally grabs a mug of beer and pours it on stormbreaker like giving him his first drink and trying to yeah. get, and then he pats stormbreaker on the top like it's his I head like ah, like, oh, you're He's we're not friends. a fucking dog this it's, is so... it's it's really bizarre and the humor just falls flat with this whole and you subplot. can't
0: bring something into a movie franchise that's been established Thor's been in five movies or six movies so far. Yeah. Because the first three Thor movies, and then he was in both Avengers Infinity Saga and then Age of Ultron as well and the first and the first one adventure. so seven movie he's been a seven movies so far not one time have we seen any of these weapons have this kind of reaction or this sort of sentience and you're going to just add it now it, it it's feels like, really out of place it's <laughs> like the star wars movie adding force powers that like, have never of, existed that have never existed and were completely out of place <laughs> like don't, you can't just no
1: no you can't change established shit <laughs> like, well and, see i think there is a point where you can take change established, you know, take your own Liberty on it. But I feel like in this case, it was one unnecessary, but two, it was done for the sake of a joke. Yeah. It was, it's only in the movie to be a weird joke,
0: you know? And if I think if they just did that first one, I probably wouldn't have batted an eye at it. I yeah. would giggle a little bit. And then like, ah, oh, that was kind of funny, but because they kept repeating it throughout the entire movie, i was just like you you're
1: you're giving stormbreakers not a character and that's where it goes into a lot of the comedy is reused over and over and it just falls so flat
0: yeah so one of the other fun facts Russell Crowe really wanted to have a greek accent in this film taika watiti actually was against it at first really yeah and wanted him to do a british accent and so they actually made him film both scenes twice or both film all scenes that he was in twice once with a Greek accent, and once with a British accent, and then Taika Waiti's like, ah, I think you are right. And I'm like, how was he right? That a was waste like of- awful. <laughs> that Greek accent was
1: so trash. I feel like, what a waste of film. Like, yeah. they, they just, and honestly, like, going into Zeus, Zeus was okay at first i just i think they turned zeus more into a joke and i i think it would have been cool like they could have still showed that he was kind of cowering and scared of gore the god butcher but they really just made it into a joke where zeus is like ah we're safe here let's just have an orgy this is that we're all here to just you know get down and dirty together and then they make the even more joke when he steps out from behind his podium i mean uh, you know, he has this weird little skirt on and this Halloween store costume.
0: And he's prancing down and the he's stairs. Prancing, and I'm and like, Zeus is never it's, that it's way. It's not
1: Zeus. It's just not really done well.
0: No. And honestly, like a lot of that whole thing with like the gods and stuff, like they just made a mockery of all the gods except for the Norse gods. Like it just really seemed like they didn't care what any of these gods lore were especially because like zeus and like hercules and a couple other characters are in like a lot of the comics especially hercules hercules is such a big part
1: oh he's a big part in the thor comics yeah but they they really drive home the idea that all gods only care about their desires yeah and just disregard all of their followers except for you know Thor apparently yeah well mostly because he's also you know very
0: but even like when he's fighting for the right things and Gore even sees that and says that, he still wants to kill him. And I'm exactly. like, Exactly.
1: You'd <laughs> think that <laughs> Gore would change his mind when exactly. Thor shows up to save the, the kids. kids. And he'd be like, Oh, maybe not all gods are so bad. But And I feel like a lot of that conflict between Thor and Gore uh, could have been solved uh, through a conversation.
0: Well, and that's the other thing, too, is like gore the god butcher thinks that all the gods are so selfish that they wouldn't come to save anybody and that no one saved him and no one saved his daughter so the first thing he does is steal a bunch of kids to see if the gods come and save them When he has no faith that they would ever do that that is the biggest plot hole in this movie and it <laughs> bothers me to a core i'm like you want you put this kid scene in here and put this plot hole in here just to have your guys' kids in this movie and they yeah. didn't need to be in this movie and if they were actual, like, like the only kid that I actually like, thought was good in this movie was Heimdall's son. Axel. Yes.
1: That was a good kid. But I did not like the whole they, Axel They had thing. a weird moment where they have a quick one line where Thor calls Axel Astrid. Says, hey, we need to save, you know, talking to Astrid. And Astrid cuts him off and goes, it's Axel, by the way.
0: I love Guns N' Roses. He
1: changed his name. And I just, I feel like it's it's a weird moment it just doesn't feel like it fits i understand um being your true self and having your name like mean something to you but it's it's played off as this little one-line joke where it's like it's not necessary
0: that comes back a couple of times like that joke does come back where he calls a master axel and like other someone else cut like cut oh, off and says axel later too I'm,
1: i missed that part i only remember the first and one. i'm just like why does this
0: matter it just felt out of place well and they gave thor extra powers in this movie too like oh, this is honestly this is arguably this scene sucks for me because i both love the scene and i hate this scene i hate the last fight where he gives all of the kids the power of thor
1: And it's weird because is it the power of Thor? He uses, one, Zeus's lightning bolt to give them the power of Thor. So they all have, like, Zeus's lightning. Like, it's all the yellow lightning, which probably doesn't matter that
0: much. But it turns whatever object they're wielding
1: basically into Mjolnir's. Yeah, they say, like, give them the power of Thor for just a moment, though. Like, you know, just for a short time.
0: Okay, if you could have
1: done this, why didn't you do this in Infinity War? Well, a lot of people ask that question about a few of the plot points in this movie. Why didn't he give anyone else powers in Avengers against Thanos? And then also the main plot line of the movie is Gore finding eternity so he could wish all the gods dead. The first person that arrives to eternity gets to make any wish they want. So why did the Avengers waste all this time trying trying to to go back and get the Infinity Stones when they could have just went to eternity and wished everything to go back? Yeah, It's weird, and I understand why... You know this plot point. Well, no one knew in the past that they were ever going to bring up eternity. And
0: how yeah. in the world is Stormbreaker the key to get to eternity that has been there for eternity when Stormbreaker was just created like ten years ago?
1: Uh, that is, uh, I actually do have an answer for that. Okay. Is, uh Because Stormbreaker is not the key. The Bifrost is the key. So what oh, they were saying so they in were the, the movie is that. it was misinterpreted or you know took wrong, but. It's the Bifrost that is the key to open Eternity. What so if- Heimdall always had because he controlled the Bifrost, he could have gone to Eternity anytime he wanted. But so
0: Axel could have opened it for Gore.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, if he if he is able to wield the power of the Bifrost,
0: which I mean he does teleport the kids. Doesn't he do that with Stormbreaker? Maybe. I can't remember fully now, but Yeah, I'm
1: pretty sure he sends
0: them back with Stormbreaker. Oh, okay.
1: Um I mean, Axel may do the teleporting itself. But I think it's using Stormbreaker as the conduit for the Bifrost. Yeah, which is, I mean, I, I love that Stormbreaker can summon the Bifrost. Well, and I didn't like but... that
0: the the God God Butcher's sword could use Stormbreaker. Like, why would the the evil sword that can kill gods be able be worthy enough to wield Stormbreaker?
1: Um, well, Stormbreaker doesn't have the same enchantment as Mjolnir to be wielded. So, like that's
0: but, like you start have to have the powers of the Bifrost or whatever. Like y'all yeah, would think, you can't just well, use the, Stormbreaker to access the Bifrost.
1: Well, that that actually is one of Stormbreaker's thing is it's powerful enough
0: to access oh, the Bifrost. Okay. Just anyone who touches it can use the Bifrost and knows how to use it. Essentially, that's oh, the way
1: it's kind of put off. Like that's, uh, when when Stormbreaker's created in Infinity War, uh, Petrie the dwarf talks about how Stormbreaker is able to summon the bifrost like it is it is part of stormbreaker's lore in the mcu okay but the bifrost is the key to eternity not stormbreaker itself. Um, so gore just needed a way to get the bifrost which he saw the opportunity with stormbreaker but i still don't understand how gore could take stormbreaker from thor
0: yeah honestly how thor couldn't call it back
1: yeah it 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 really didn't make sense um Um,
0: i i also like i loved seeing mighty thor and i loved all of uh, natalie portman's stuff with like trying to come up with a catchphrase i thought that was kind of funny and like doing all those things
1: unfortunately her catchphrase fell a little flat at the end anyway go on
0: i do not like like i feel like they had to but i don't like the way that she was killed off well i i
1: they they kind of diverged from the comics in that sort, where like Mjolnir yeah. in the comics is actually helping yes. Jane survive as Lady Not Thor only from her life
0: force. Um,
1: whereas this one, it is showing that it, the the more she uses Mjolnir, she is dying a lot faster, even though it's helping keep her alive. Like it's it's like yeah. it, it's 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 fighting its reasons for keep, like yeah, it's it, really weird. It, it
0: was really contradictory, and it really was like weird, and um. I mean, it was a really nice touch to see her in Valhalla, and it was a really nice touch to see um, Heimdall.
1: Oh yeah, like I thought it was cool seeing Valhalla, and uh, that that end credit scene. Uh, you know, some people find unnecessary, but I I liked it. It was kind of a nice yeah. closure, and it gave hope for more. I guess.
0: Yeah. Um. Um. I knew it was coming as soon as they announced Zeus that we were getting hercules so i was not shocked at all to see hercules in the end credits oh yeah that
1: and actually i'm i'm okay with that i'm I,
0: actually pretty excited for hercules i you feel like MCU.
1: that could be really fun Is there anything else you had in highlights or
0: downfalls fight on the dark planet where everything was black and white except for the colors oh, that, that dark
1: planet i remember what i wanted to talk about so the fight on that planet was awesome visually stunning beautiful i loved that fight scene. And with the planet being so small, and they're like you could see them like running around the <laughs> yeah, planet it fighting. Weird. It really reminded me of like Super Mario Galaxy. Oh running yeah, around. and and it's like that's that's not a criticism. I think that was really cool. It was visually just an awesome scene. And I'm a lot like to go off of visuals. I feel like the visual effects in this movie generally were really good. There are a few oh, moments yes. that look a little off. Like there's a there's a scene with Korg that. His face looks kind of funky like it yeah. looks more plastic than rock
0: especially when he's but, just the face.
1: Exactly. But uh other than that like a lot of people are kind of shitting on this movie for the visuals and I uh I really like like the CGI visual effects were actually I think really good. And I feel like the visual effects artists are not given enough credit for these movies. They work way too hard and are not compensated. Oh
0: yeah. I actually think I actually originally thought that Natalie Portman got that buff for the movie.
1: Oh yeah. It's it's if you look at behind the scenes, you can actually see like little tracking dots on her arms where they made her buffer.
0: It looks good. Like it it, it was, I thought she just really mm -hmm. got that rip
1: and her costume was cool. And actually Thor's first two costumes were really cool his he had this cool leather sleeveless jacket and then his costume where he has this fur going on and looked legit yeah but then he goes into his overcompensating costume where it's this blue and gold looking junk and that's where I kind of have a problem with all the other costumes in the movie valkyrie's costume looks amazing yes um but that thor costume the blue and gold and then a lot of the gods costumes i feel like look like cheap toys they're yeah. they're something you would buy at spirit i Halloween. honestly
0: think valkyrie and lady thor mighty thor were the best parts of this movie um that and gore the god obviously
1: i'd probably um, agree with you um yeah, they're not giving enough which, credit. Which,
0: I actually liked Valkyrie way more in this movie than I did in Ragnarok, which was kind of surprising to me. Like, I actually felt like...
1: See, and I'm on the opposite spectrum, where I liked her better in Ragnarok, and that's because in this movie, I feel like her character wasn't explored to the fullest it could have been.
0: And I, I agree that it I feels like could have had more. And, like, I really think that they really need to stop with these, like, almost nudity scenes just because Chris Hemsworth is a fucking god of a man, like... I don't. We don't need to have Zeus flick off his entire clothes and have everyone faint and everyone like, well, oh my it's god, you dick! Oh. We,
1: Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> I know, is he's talked about in the past not being a huge fan of that. How he's like, they would make him shirtless just because they want a shirtless Chris Hemsworth scene. Well, and I, I think this movie really drove it home as being so frustrating because like I'm not upset about nudity in movies at all.
0: No, I'm not either. But
1: the way they go about it and the way that it's forced. It's really forced and then also if you look at Thor in that scene and then it, it shows the ladies of the scene, the Valkyrie and Lady Thor and they are they are muted, covered head to toe in like tarps. Yeah. And I feel like it's There's a weird – like, imagine if it were the opposite. Let's say it was Thor in the stands wearing a big old cape, and it was one of the women getting their clothes flicked off. It would have been talked down about so badly by the media. But since it's Thor, it's okay.
0: Well, and the thing is, is like – and they, Chris Hemsworth has talked a lot about this. Like, the workout regimen he has to do to get into the shape and, like, going without water for two days before filming to get all of his – like, extra water weight to go down so he looks even more muscular.
1: I didn't know he did that. That's insane. That's so, so unhealthy. Like,
0: it like yeah, It's extremely unhealthy. Like, yeah. The the things, like, a lot of people are like, oh, they're making people do these like crazy things. I was like, have you heard what the guys have to do to get that ripped? Because it's ungodly. Like One of the my favorite interviews I heard recently was, uh, I don't know if you watched It's Always Sunny, um but oh, Mac from It's Always Sunny, yeah when he got into this, like, huge rip shape they did there was an interview where someone asked him like how do i get in shape like that he's like all right here's the thing here's the thing all right you 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 like good food you can't have it all right you you like alcohol you can't have it any drugs can't have you have a family you can't see them you you have a job oh you can't have that either um, so, you know, the, the, the workout trainer for magic might, he needs to come to your house two to three times a day to force you to work out. You need to be doing all these workouts. You need to go without water before filming. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to, And he just went on. He's like, you can't have a body like this. This is not a normal body. The amount of shit I have to do to get into this shape for your entertainment is not obtainable by a human with Actual needs. It's it's not a
1: realistic yeah. depiction of how to get a body like that. Yeah, which to I... get a body like that in real life, it takes a lot longer and it is a lot harder. Yeah, uh, to you know maintain for a person that is not being forced to do it in a limited amount of time.
0: Yes, for. TV. who's getting everything paid for them and doing all these training things and doing all these things like no, you're not gonna get a thor body just because you want it
1: and i mean they're they're working these actors and actresses to the bone and it's uh, event it's probably going to kill them instead of actually make them healthier but. yeah um the, my last downfall of the movie uh kind of ended on a for downfalls anyway uh i like that they brought back Luke Hemsworth and Matt Damon.
0: Yeah, I loved that.
1: I, I love that they brought them back. I thought that scene was great because I loved it in the Ragnarok film. Kind of giving us a little plot summary of what happened in the last movie. But the part that drove down that
0: scene Melissa for McCarthy me... Melissa oh,
1: McCarthy <laughs> Melissa McCarthy busts through and I'm just like... Damn it! <laughs> I, I
0: thought it was still entertaining, She's, honestly. like,
1: And I like, as an actress... I I like a lot of her comedy stuff. Like I thought in Identity Thief she was hilarious and she has a lot of good moments. But when she showed up in this, it's like really like but why? I
0: I, I I liked it in the way because it is so bad and they're such bad actors for this play. It's almost like the Ember Island players on Avatar the Last Airbender. Like, the bad depictions of these characters. Yeah. Like, these are the worst depictions of these characters. And they are making fun of that. And they are doing that. So, I actually thought that worked really well, having her be Hella, Because it was so offbeat that it it was so bad that it reminded me of that kind of style. And I think I mean, it, I that can, comedy hit for me for those reasons.
1: I can see it. Like, I, I definitely laughed during the scene. But I was just like... <laughs> well, and...
0: <laughs> A way to get her into the MCU, because I couldn't see her being in the MCU other than that kind of thing.
1: It's just, it's the way to, like, hey,
0: bomb. Yeah.
1: Any more fu- fun facts, or... Uh,
0: I don't have any more fun facts. Um, um, I think I said pretty much all of the highlights and downfalls. Um, the special effects, like, especially, like, Zeus, when he's, like, throwing his lightning bolt around and stuff. I thought that was really cool. It was, it was- cool.
1: I, I also enjoyed seeing all the gods in the background, the visual effects for them looked kind of really cool. And oh, I know yeah. taiko Atiti did the motion capture for the Cronin god. And I just love that he is sitting on a throne of scissors. One, yeah. it makes me think of Game of Thrones, this Iron Throne. But the fact that it's a throne of scissors because he's rock.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
1: and uh, my, my last little fun fact I enjoyed about it was at the end, I love the little... The scene they have between... Uh, Korg and his love, which is named Dwayne, who is a rock Cronin, so he is
0: literally Dwayne the Rock. Dwayne the rock.
1: <laughs> so it's just it's uh, it's a fantastic like. <laughs> I think
0: one other thing that I will say is, especially for this being Love and Thunder, and for all the posters being metal posters, and for them thinking like the Guardians of the Galaxy and having Guardians of the Galaxy always having such good soundtracks, this movie did not hit and they did not play any like good songs like any all the fight scenes i'm like why are you not playing a guns and roses song right now yeah like, why are you not playing an awesome metal song during this fight they're playing some generic ass song music uh,
1: and whenever we did hear guns and roses it was great but i also think I, I i they're trying to do what they did with ragnarok bringing like the cool 80s aesthetic and I kind of wish they leaned more back into the Asgardian medieval aesthetic and like leave the 80s rock fun music stuff to the Guardians of the Galaxy. I feel like still have a little bit of it for Thor because you know, Tycho started that with Ragnarok, but I feel like they could have dialed it down and brought more of the Asgardian aesthetic into it. Still include cool, awesome songs, but visually bring it down. There's so many bright colors and all over the place, kind of jarring at some points.
0: Yeah, and yeah, for that was one of the things that was I thought was one of the best dynamics was just the clashing of darkness and colors was a cool kind of aspect. But I think that's pretty much all I have to say about this movie.
1: I think so. So I, uh, I definitely. You know, check it out if you want to. It's I think it's worth watching uh, to give your own opinion on it. But I think that's it. And uh, yeah. next week we are going into a uh, kind of a new fun format. Instead of a normal movie review, we are going to be doing a review slash comparison of an original versus a remake. And those
0: are the Karate Kid, both the original nineteen eighty four and the two thousand
1: and ten remake.
0: Yes. I believe that's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, So those are going to be our next comparison. Uh, Well, at the end of it, each month, we're going to do three episodes, and then we're going to do this comparison kind of style. And we want to compare remakes versus original or movies that were based off of each other or maybe even we've talked about possibly doing, like, foreign versus american versions like uh versus quarantine possibly yeah it,
1: it, something kind of a little different if you guys have uh, any ideas post it down in the comments and uh, um let us know what you think you would want to see compared um something really fun we could do so uh That's it. We'll be uh, signing off and coming back at you with the Karate
0: Kid. Yes, the Karate Kid. Or the Karate Kid versus the Kung Fu Kid. The Kung Fu Kid. All right. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening, and hope to see you guys next week. See you later. Bye.